once a day in the morning, look yourself in the mirror, get up really close and look in your own eyes and tell yourself from your heart that you love yourself. Say, I love you and keep the eye contact. Don't break the eye contact because what people will find is that if it's not true, you can't, you can't keep contact with your eyes, your eyes will avert. And the funny thing is, is just by doing it cultivates it more because ultimately that's what it all comes back to, right? Is that self-love, the ability to give ourselves what we need. And I say it all the time, we have to be our own cheerleader. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. This show is about helping you be more healthy and fit in mind, body, and spirit, as well as to harmonize your masculine and feminine energy, tap into your true source of power, your intuition, and awaken your authentic self. Today I'm sharing with you a very special episode because I was recently a guest on a good friend of mine's podcast called Highly Optimize. And my friend is Ryan Sprague, who was a very popular guest on my show, not once, but twice. And if you want to check out more with Ryan and our conversations, check out episode 94 of my show and 103. Those two shows had Ryan Sprague on, and they were very popular because he is just a wealth of information. And basically, we could just talk for hours. And that's basically what you're going to hear in today's show is just our conversation. And this is how we talk all the time. And I like connecting with people like this where we have so much in common that interesting things that we just like to riff on and talk about and go down rabbit holes and just... It's just such beautiful energy to have those kind of exchanges. So I was thrilled to be a guest on Ryan's amazing podcast, Highly Optimized. Definitely check that out as well. Some of the things we talk about in this episode are my history and how I got started in holistic health and fitness, what it's like working with the legendary Paul Check and getting to know him very well. We talk about self-love and the importance of the role of play in our lives as adults expectations and how expectations are a big part of the reality that you are creating, good or bad. The importance of getting out of your head. We go back to our girl Aphrodite always because that has been pretty much the lesson of my life and a big part of the show. And we talk about anti-aging and some of my ideas and uh, mindsets as far as how I kind of uh, stay youthful in mind, body, and spirit. So enjoy the show. It's a, it's a kind of like an eavesdropping or private conversation. And remember, if you enjoy the show, the best way to support me is to subscribe, share the show, and if you want to take it one step further, leave a review. It's super easy, it's fast, and it just means the world to me, and I appreciate it so much. Want to jump on my email list to stay in touch with me and learn about my favorite products and things that I'm doing in my life that are interesting and might help you? Just head on over to my website, amyfournier.com, and you'll receive a free mini ebook with three of my top tips on how to make your life holistic and healthy. amyfournier.com, jump on my email list. I'd love to have you there, and then I'll see you every week. All right, let's now eavesdrop 
on Amy and Ryan's conversation. Enjoy. Sharing her time and love on the show with us today is someone who I feel embodies the notion of balance and has achieved the ability to not only live a highly optimized life for herself, but to also help so many in the world learn how to do the same in her many passions that she shares with the world. She is the host of the Awakening Aphrodite podcast, which I was a recent guest on and had an absolute blast on, and is a show dedicated to exploring the realms of mind, body, and spirit through subjects such as nutrition, exercise, mindset, and lifestyle choices, to name but a few. In addition, she has also been a juggernaut in the holistic health and fitness spaces since 1988 and is passionate about guiding her clients into the fun that is possible within these realms by combining her devotion to being of service with her incredible amount of knowledge and wisdom surrounding these topics in both her online fitness classes as well as her online women's circles that she hosts. My intention with this episode is to show each of you what can take place in our lives when we devote ourselves to our mission, tune into compassion, love ourselves, and stay consistent in our practice of becoming highly optimized. So now that I've pumped you all up and prepared you for the journey ahead, please help me in welcoming the one, the only, Amy Fournier to the show. Amy, what's up? Oh my gosh, Ryan, that was the most beautiful intro I've ever had. <laughs> yes, <laughs> success. You. Seriously, thank you so much. That was oh, like, you're so uh, welcome. I, I don't even want to say anything to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it'd be very challenging for you to say anything that was screwed up because every time you and I get together, we have the best heart flows. We have the best experiences together. It's so much fun. And, you know, I've got to do two episodes on your show now, and I am so, so grateful that you had the time and opportunity to hop on this show with me because we're going to co-create some magic today for the listeners and bring them through all the aspects of your journey and the things you've learned along the way. And, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, you've been doing this for quite a while, right? 1988, you've been rocking, yeah. you've been working with Paul. Since 88. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you've been working with Paul Check for years and all these things. So I'd love to hear like an overview, if you will. And we'll, of course, dive more into certain subjects as the episode goes on. But I'd love to hear an overview of kind of what got you to the screen today, right? Like what got you into health and fitness? What got you into wanting to build community through the women's circles? What got you into what you're doing right now? That is a very interesting question. Like a lot of people, I think in the in the alternative wellness industry, I had a, my own health challenges and couldn't get the answers, you mm -hmm. know, couldn't get the solutions from conventional medicine and also family members. My father was sick for a while. So I think it was a frustration with trying to find answers because of the life I really aspired to have. And I didn't want to accept that, okay, you need to be on medication. Okay, you need a pacemaker. Okay, you might have a brain tumor. Oh, not that. Now we got to check this. I mean, it was just an endless array of dead ends mm. and frustrations. And combined with, unfortunately, I, I had a lot of subconscious turmoil as a young baby for different reasons. And that led to a lot of kind of emotional programming stuff that I wasn't really aware of that I would self-sabotage and I would struggle with my, with my own weight, my health, my self-esteem. Mm. And all that led to uh, being overweight in spite of trying to be healthy. So just it was just like a mishmash of so many things. So it was really just the search for like, okay, how do I not give up on my dream to be healthy, happy, vibrant, contribute, fulfilled. And the same things that all people want, you know, the, the classic wounded healer journey, you know, 
And yes. um, so, and you know, I, I think you share it as well. I mean, it's, it's again, it's a common archetype. 100%. So, yeah, that, that was kind of the impetus to really catapult me to constantly looking and not accepting this answer. Oh, it's just the way it is. Or, oh, you were just born that way. Or, you know, mm -hmm. there's nothing you could do about it. And yes. just not accepting that, not accepting that, keeping the yes. dream and my heart and the belief and the faith. Because, you know, Ryan, when I was a young girl, I mean, really young, I mean, like probably four or five. I remember playing out in the fields and stuff and, you know, in the grass by myself and, um, you know, talking to God and great spirit and just not ever feeling alone and just having visions of a certain type of life. We can get into that if you want, but mm. I, I got real clear, like what I was doing here on the planet. And sometimes in my life now as an adult, now I'm, you know, decades older, obviously in my frustration of, not getting the answers I seeked and getting the results I wanted, I would kind of, a small voice would remind me of that origin of that beginning as that girl in the field. Don't give up on that. That is you before yes. you got programmed, you know? Yes. <laughs> so that would kind of keep me going. Like, no, I don't care how painful or how bad or how frustrating or depressed or whatever it is. I have to hold on to that lifeline. I have to hold on to that and not ever, ever give up. And that's a big message that I give to people because I get it. I get it. I get the struggle. I get the frustration. I get all that. Don't ever, ever, ever give up because your next discovery might be the one, you know, it might be the one. Yes. And when there's life, there's hope. Don't yes. ever, ever give up. It's I never too late ever well that where there's breath there's life there's hope i love that and you know what i love about that there's a lot of things i love about that but the last thing that did dawn to me or got dropped into the mailbox or the mail slot in my head was <laughs> at the end of the day it's that same argument for when people were like oh i couldn't start playing guitar or doing this now i'm too old or oh you know i can't do that because i'd have to you know play 10 years before i was really good at it and it's like well the time's going to go by anyway so what are you going to do with it and so that argument for like wanting to give up it's like, trust me, I get it too, right? For everyone listening, like I've been there, but also like, what else are you going to do? You're going to have this gnawing pain at you every single day that you're eventually going to have to start numbing out through drugs, alcohol, et cetera, to stop you from remembering that you gave up. And I think that that's one of the biggest challenges that people face is that they have challenges in life and they go, well, because of this challenge, I'm going to give up. When in reality, it's actually challenges and the pain teacher, right? As Paul would say, that drive us the most, at least for me, right? Like I had a very similar thing where, I mean, I had many instances of this before I was uh, 18, but I remember around the time I was like 19 or 20, I injured my shoulder somehow, like nothing crazy. It was just like, I think it was like a aggravated trap muscle or like a trap nerve or something. And it was just really annoying. I had to like put my arm up somewhere. I couldn't like put it all the way down because it would just gnaw at me and feel burning in my trap. And so, you know, I would work out. It would feel better when I was working out, right? Classic thing. And then as I cooled down, it would feel annoying. I went to the doctor and I remember I couldn't get my actual doctor because there was an, uh, he was out. So I got the nurse practitioner. And this is when I still went to doctors for things like this. I would understand now that like, that's just not what they really focus on, right? They're going to give you a pill and tell you to, you know, get over it. Essentially, I go in and without her even touching or looking at me, really, I went in there five minutes. She's on the computer. I tell her, she's like, so what's going on? I tell her and she goes, she looks right at me and goes, yeah, you know, it's probably never going to be the same again. You should just get used to it. And I'm like, you haven't even looked. And that was I'm so thankful for that experience because 
that literally was like, fuck that for me. Like I was like, I am never, ever going to take that answer for what it is. And when we look into Joe Dispenza's work, he's like filling in the missing gap of that where it's like, no, actually you can be wherever you're at challenged with the burning thing or overweight or whatever, and just start picturing the reality you want, tuning into that energy and then living into the reality as if you were that version of yourself already. Right. So in my case, it's like, well, if I knew that I could heal this, then what would I live like? I wouldn't be too worried about it. And I would just keep going to different, you know, specialists and things like that until I eventually figured it out. And I did. And so I think a lot of times, like, you know, those challenges allow us to actually get our reps in and help us realize that literally the only challenge getting in our way in reality is what the mind is going to tell us. And once we can move through that, there's a world of freedom on the other side. And it's just rinse and repeat, right? Like there'll always be new challenges coming up. But if we can learn to move through them and move with the tide rather than against it, then we can learn to flow with life rather than against it. And I think that's like, you know, one of the big gems I've realized that's a similarity between our journeys. Right on. And and also what I hear you saying is just the, the key component and all that, Ryan, is the belief that it's possible. Like yes. what that what that nurse does and, and what a lot of a lot of people, you know, particularly when we put them in an expert position where, quote unquote, they know better than me. And so we absolve ourselves of our power. And, you know, who, who was it that said Deepak Chopra, I think, that said, uh, when you're listening to everybody else's voice, you can't hear your own. Yes. You know, but it's a very it's a terrible thing to rob somebody of of hope and belief that it's possible. And that's absolutely critical with anything. I've had many things in my life that are terribly frustrating going on and on and on. And I just feel like, great spirit, why are you not giving me this? I try to be a good person, you know, and this is going on and on. Like, for example, my finding my forever ranch, I'm looking for my my healing ranch. I've been looking for years. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, I gotta admit, I have days where I am in the dumps and I'm like, I just give up. You know, like you know, you have and, those days but, too good. Oh, I sure just had one yesterday because I saw yeah. another property and it just wasn't it. And of course, the market, the inventory is so, so oh, low right now that if you don't put an offer in like on the spot, it's gone like by yep. the time you drive home. 100%. Um, yeah. So what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, for the pervasive frustration and disappointment is it wears on your soul. And I think you you have to be careful you don't cross that line of really throwing in the towel because like i have to keep the belief that it's out there i have to keep that belief in spite of all the evidence and all the struggle that i've been through that it's just not happening you know so so that's key we have to imagine something for us is possible so when someone robs you of that like nope it's in your genes or nope it's just part (laughs) of getting older or nope, you wrecked your shoulder. Good job, idiot. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we have to keep or otherwise it's certainly never going to happen. That's for sure. One hundred percent. And it's like, you know, a lot of people will say like, well, you know, I'm just being a realist. Right. And it's like, no, you're not being a realist, because if we understand through quantum physics that we create a reality, then what is real to you is only what you accept and then believe and then actually have your life be right. That's what life is, is a collection of what you believe about life. And, you know, I tell everyone that you have to believe, right? It's a have to. It's not a get to. It really is a have to, because if you don't, no one else is going to believe for you or be your cheerleader or save the day. It's up to you and you alone. And that's like the idea of extreme ownership, right? And it can sound challenging, right? It can sound like harsh if someone's never heard that before. I imagine everyone listening to both of our shows have heard this before, so it's not anything new for you. But I can imagine 
this is challenging as it was for me because it's it's radical ownership. It's realizing that everything in my life is up to me to either make amazing or on the other hand, if it is amazing, to reflect on and realize that, holy shit, I did that, right? And be able to celebrate those wins. And, you know, that's why a lot of people are obsessed with science right now. We know that science has become a religion, but in reality, I don't think people understand what science truly is because science is the ever long process of questioning everything. And even when you come to an answer- Yeah, exactly. That's what it's supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. And so people want to know, well, what's the reason behind it? Like, you know, okay, you're telling me to believe everything. Like, where is that based in science, right? And I'm like, listen, you can go look down that rabbit hole if you want, or you can just ask yourself, what is a better quality of life? Believing that life is happening for me or believing life is happening to me. If you want to argue for possible, I mean, uh, for limitations, that's one thing. But I know because I've done it both ways that the only way my life is going to be amazing is if I continue to believe not based on what logic is going to tell me or what I can prove scientifically, but what I choose to believe is true about life. I think that's the most important thing. And I think it's a thirst trap that a lot of people get stuck into. Totally agree. And there's endless, countless studies and documentation of things that we can't prove and we don't understand how they happened. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the phantom leaf photography, um, you know, just all these occurrences that are happening, you know, people uh, remote viewing, which I've started to do. I'm training in that as well. Yeah. Um, locating lost animals or just different things, and which is part of my uh, spirit guide communication work. Mm. Um, but how do we explain that? You know, how do you explain that I knew the name of someone's other dog was Max? It was just like a lucky guess. You know, how did you? <laughs> you know, how did you know that this? Like, how do you explain? There's so many things. How do you to that person? You could say, well, think of someone or something you love. Now, is that a feeling in your body? Okay, well, show me what where that feeling is like tangibly materialistic, but is it not real? I mean, love is the greatest force on the planet. Fear being second, you know, so love is what, you know, made our uh, countries go to war and, you know, over, over, you know, people and women. And you look at, uh, (laughs) you know, with um, the Queen of Troy there with the Helen of Sparta. I mean, you know, it's just classic. So. My point is, is there's so many things that we can't tangibly materialistically prove are true, but that is just a thimble compared to that. What I'm trying to say is the things that we can prove are a thimble compared to the whole body of stuff we can't that is actually happening that we and our limited perception, our limited five senses can't perceive. I mean, look at the spectrum of a rainbow or sound. You know, there's all a sonar. How does a how does a dolphin hear something we don't? Does that mean it's not happening? You know what I mean? It's like just be, perception is reality. Was what your point is, which is 100 percent true. Yes, I love that. And it's funny you brought up that love example because I literally there was probably about I don't know 20 episodes in a row that I said that every time that I did on the podcast oh, where it was yeah. like it was like you know if you ask any of these scientists if they love two people in their life, right? Say their mom and their wife or you know, boyfriend or whatever, you could say, okay, cool. Show me how many units of love you have for each one, you know? Uh, And they're like, well, I can't do that. Right. And I'm like, oh, but you still know it exists. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. So that's a perfect example to have someone allow, allow them to have the direct experience of how just because it can't be measured doesn't mean it's not real. And to go on what you said about the eyesight thing, there's a funny saying that says, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, 95% of what's actually there is scientifically been proven that we can't see it. So that old saying, I'll believe it when I see it. Sure, if you want to only know what 5% of visible reality truly is. But at the end of the day, when we interact with plant medicines, when we interact with a 
high quality breath work, meditation, et cetera, we start realizing that we start seeing things that aren't typically there, right? And they're there, but we can't typically see them rather. They've the been there all it. along. Exactly. We weren't perceiving them. That's what yeah. medicine taught me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, which is spooky, but cool at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's something I'd love to dive into and, you know, get into this whole idea of, for those that listen to both of our shows, I imagine most of them know who Paul Check is, right? They know I've worked closely with him, but you've worked with him for a lot longer. And, you know, you have such an insane amount of knowledge and applied knowledge surrounding physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. But before we dive into, you know, the the nuts and bolts of it, I'd love to just talk about what it's been like to work with Paul for as long as you've been working with him, because this is like something that in meeting Paul myself, and for everyone listening, if you haven't met him, he is the coolest guy ever. He is the most normal average guy. You could just see him at Home Depot, just buying stuff like he's a normal guy. And that's what I love about him because I've met, you know, many different big people and they're all great. Right. But Paul is just the most down to earth person ever. And so I'm just curious, what's it been like having Paul check as a friend for so many years? (laughs) Wow. Ryan, how do I even answer that? I'll just say, um, you don't really meet Paul. He was like my dad. You experienced Paul. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and uh, yes, I've been fortunate. Paul was a big, big catalyst to my career like 30 years ago. So mm. I, Paul and I go way back and he's family to me. I'm very blessed. I don't have a big family. So I feel like Great Spirit made it up for that mm. by giving me someone that's very much in my inner sanctum like Paul. I have learned obviously so, 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 so much from Paul. <laughs> um, he is the most complicated extensive, inclusive, incredible, smart, honest, genuine, real people, brave people that that I've ever met. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things I I have to say that I respect about Paul, probably more than anything else, and there's many, many things I respect about him, is his I'm struggling for the word. It's not an ability. It's not a willingness. It's not, it's, it is just being a hundred percent true to who he is at all times. Mm. He will never, ever, ever. He never has, no matter how uncomfortable or hard it is, how poorly it might be received, whatever, abandon his true soul and his self and his, who he is. You know, I mean, I can give you endless examples of him doing <laughs> things like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just did that in this particular <laughs> social setting. You know, he doesn't care what other people think. He just wants to be himself. And for me, a reforming people pleaser, Same. that has been right. That has been and every day. It's still a lesson all the time. And, and you mm. know what they say. We don't teach people by what we say. We teach people by our actions and our example. Yes. So. One of the things that has benefited me the most, Ryan, over the decades is observing this in action, you know, because mm. we all know the gurus and the teachers and all that. But I mean, really tough situations, too, where he walks his talk. He walks his talk. I mean, he's the he's the definition of someone who is authentically, unapologetically who he is. And that has been a huge lesson for me and it's probably helped me more than anything, because of course that's very to- closely tied into self-love, right? Mm. And so many people, I talk about this a lot on my show, is so many people have abandonment issues, particularly in relationships, right? And I always say, well, how often have you abandoned yourself? You know, I mean, I've done it my whole life. 
I've only stopped doing it like yesterday, you know, like, <laughs> like a year or two ago, you know, yeah. and because you're trying to make everyone else happy and, mm-hmm. you know, be what they want you to be and be the good daughter and all that stuff. But we have been in ourselves. So it's truly been such, such a blessing. And I, I'll add too, just about the Paul thing. There's so much, but he is also probably number two, which is a beautiful thing for all men. So listen up, men. He is a fantastic example, a living, breathing role model for a man who is very much in touch with and embodied in both his masculine and feminine essence, his polarities. No, you're not going to find a more alpha male, strong, physically, mentally, emotionally, all that than Paul. But you're also not going to find a man, well, most likely, you're probably not going to find a man that's also (laughs) as feet in both pawn so to speak so in touch with his feminine when it's appropriate as well yeah and uh and that's enabled him to be a gifted shaman and do a lot of his work and heal people because he's receptive he can feel things he's not just a because he literally is a genius literally a hundred percent right but, but we also know look at all the geniuses that you know are socially awkward or just you know they don't whatever that just doesn't click yeah so he's amazing combination of the two because I'm, I'm a feminine woman. I identify as a female. I love men. Trust me. I wish I liked women as sexually, but I I'd have more options, <laughs> but I like men. Okay. I just always have. And I'm attracted to a man like Paul because of his, his masculinity, right? That's, yes. that's the, the compliment to me as a feminine woman. But I, I've also learned like, oh my God, it's so beautiful to see a man who can go there, go into his feminine when I need him to. And that has been a true gift for me, you know, a true, a true gift. It's so beautiful because there's so many amazing things we could say about Paul. And, you know, you're like that, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're like that, too. (laughs) Well, you know, Rachel's a lucky girl. Oh, thank you. You know, it's so funny in in meeting Paul, like I had started, um, you know, learning about him a couple of years prior. And actually the way in which I found him through my buddy, Eddie, who, you know, as well, right, is the weirdest story. And I haven't told it for a while, so I'll tell it super quick. We're basically... I had watched um, him on Aubrey Marcus like a year prior and I got this download one day that like, hey, I should go watch that video again because I've been learning a lot more about spirituality. And I was like, I bet a lot of what I missed in that probably land now. So I watch it. I get all I get. Well, actually, I go home. I get fired up to watch it. and I'm like, well, let me see if Aubrey came up with a new episode today. So I look it up. New episode dropped that day with Paul Check. Brand new episode. So I'm like, wow, that's weird. So I listen to it. I get fired up. I'm officially like getting in. I'm looking up HLC and all these things. I go into work the next day at the dispensary, line out the door. So I couldn't control who I was getting because, you know, I was I was when I worked there, I would control like, OK, that person is my friend. So I want to get them and we could talk a little bit. So this day was just so busy. It was just getting people in and out. I get this guy at my register. We start talking and he's talking about spirituality and water and all this stuff. And I'm like, hey, man, all this stuff is really cool. Where did you learn all this? And he goes, oh, I just got back from the Czech Institute. Have you ever heard of it? And I was like, what is happening? The night after I go home and find the new episode, it was just crazy. So after I started, you know, learning from him, I started seeing those same things reflected where, like you were saying, Paul is legitimately a genius, like 100%. But he's able to laugh and be silly and be all those things and thug it out and get work done when he needs to get work done. Like he has all the different sides of the coin. And I think what you're speaking to so eloquently there, yeah, and humble, so humble. And I think what you're speaking to so perfectly there is the idea of what the divine masculine is, which the divine masculine is a perfect union between masculine and feminine energy so that 
when he needs to get work done, he can enact as masculine. When Mana or Zoe are around, or you know either of his wives, he can enact that feminine and be silly and be loving and all of those things. It takes a really well-balanced man to be able to do that. Well-balanced person, right? Because again, both men and women have masculine and feminine energies. And you have to be really okay with yourself. And I remember when this clicked for me, I was in a deep psilocybin journey. And I realized, because I had been working with a coach and started to realize some of these people-pleasing patterns, I just remember breaking through and realizing, whoa, wait a minute. Like at that point, up until then, I had thought that people pleasing was doing something positive, right? Because I was like, look, I get that there might be a challenge here. Like I might be putting myself last, but I do love making people happy, right? And so that's where I was at. When I had this experience, I broke through and realized, oh, actually, by not being my true self and by worrying about who I'm pleasing around me, I'm actually not going to get the right people around me because if I'm saying the wrong things that are that are not coming from my heart, then I'm going to bring in the wrong type of people who are not meant for me and I'm not meant for them. I'm not doing them any good service. So I'm actually not people pleasing at all because I'm actually keeping them away from the people that they might actually really resonate with. And I'm keeping myself away from the people that I will really resonate with. And so after that, something clicked in me and I was able to realize like from here on out, I'm going to speak my 100% true authentic voice and since then, correlation doesn't equal causation necessarily, but I've done a lot of stuff, but I've been able to have the best, best experiences and have the most beautiful souls in my network. And a lot of the other people have fallen off and they've, I imagine, found other people that they're vibing well with and all of these things. And so it's all perfect in nature. But the other thing I love about Paul is that a lot of these health people today, they almost live like this, like pristine life where they're like, nope, I never have a cookie ever. I never, you know, I'll never, ever inhale anything. I'll never go out in the sun, all of these kind of things, right? Where when you look at Paul, I mean, he's very like, I've been a tree logger. I've gotten concussions that I've been out for a week at a time for motorcycle accidents. Paratrooper. Like, yeah, paratrooper. Like he's lived life, right? And he hasn't been scared to get injured yet. He's also the living testament of if you're healthy, if you have your four doctors in place, if you have your six foundation principles, he's a living example of how strong the body really is. And, and that's so, the only way he can do what he's doing because he's got those in place. Exactly. And so like, you know, for everyone listening, if you've yet to meet Paul, I highly recommend going to one of his workshops and meeting him because sharing space with that guy. It's, I mean, it's, it's literally sharing space with a living legend who you yeah, would never, if true. you met him in the store, you would never think like he would never try to position himself as a living legend or any of these things. He would never say those words about himself. Right. But at the end of the day, he's a normal guy that like literally will blow your mind, have answers to any question you could possibly be curious on and tell you that they're just his answers. Go try them for yourself and see if they work. He's the That's perfect right. embodiment. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. You know, we could, we could, you know, lush on Paul all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, and at the same time, I'll add he's human too. Yes. I mean, you know, we all have our flaws and our things. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, often remind myself of that because I'm in, to be honest, I'm in a funny position with him. And he and I talk about this a lot because there's so many hats we share with each other. We're, we're, we're family, we're professional colleagues. We're also partners on his latest book coming out. Um, and that whole project, I'm supporting him on that, of course. But we're also friends. And he's also my coach, my mentor. I mean, there's many different layers. So sometimes yes. it gets a little tricky uh, for both of us, you know, to navigate like mm. communication, you know, mm. like uh, when things get heated or just 
you know, like particularly like when it involves plant medicine and I'm like, scared, you know, and then he'll, he'll bring out the paratrooper and be like, jump, you know, like just do it. And I'm like, being a girl, you know, you know, and then I start to cry and I'm, and I'm like, you know, and I think I told you when you were on my show, one of the times, like I used to joke with Paul that when his little youngest daughter was only daughter, Zoe was born that working with me was like training for Zoe to be, you know, learn how to be a dad with a girl. And it's different because <laughs> yeah. most of his clients are men. I'm, I'm, I believe I am the longest running female client officially, mm. but all his clients are men. He, you know, Gabrielle Reese was a client and I know he's had other female clients, but certainly not for the period of time. So it, it's a different dynamic, you know, it's a, it's a different dynamic. And maybe that's because, like I said, I identify more in my feminine. So, mm. And I have my wounds, right? I have my my triggers. So things that'll just really <laughs> set me up, you know? <laughs> it's amazing, you know? And, you know, I remember one of the first things I ever heard Paul say when I saw him in person was he was joking. We were doing Zen in the garden. And of course, like, you know, there was a bunch of heavy rocks. And he's like, all right, men. So by the way, don't let your ego, or I think he said, don't let your dick get in the way and try to lift all these heavy stones in front of the women here, right? He goes, don't worry. I have a big ego too. I'm still trying to figure it out, right? And it was this big, funny thing. And I remember thinking like, wow, that's really cool because I imagine, you know, I, I can say from my own point of view, when I first saw Paul before I met him, I'm like, whoa, here's this guy. He must have it all figured out, right? And I think that's a common thread for anyone, right? People listening yeah. to this podcast, I imagine you might have things like this. I know when I listen to other podcasts, I have that kind of feeling. And so being in the position like Paul, where he realizes he has the power to be like, hey, man, I'm I'm just figuring stuff out too. I have no idea what I'm doing here, right? I'm just experimenting, trying things out. And I'm not worried about knowing anything and getting it right. I'm just experiencing. And it was so freeing. And, you know, one of the things I'm curious on for you is the idea of community through Paul and all of these things. And, you know, the idea of wanting to find the right people in your life, self-love, abandonment. You know, what do you think it takes or what has it taken you rather? I'll make it more personal. What has it taken you to really be able to tune into self-love? Because I think this is something that a lot of women specifically struggle with, right? And men do too in their own way. But I'm curious to hear women's perspective on it. How have you been able to foster self-love in your life, right? Is it a combination of, you know, following your heart, praying and moving your feet? Like, what has it been for you in your journey that's really allowed you to continue to develop the self-love? Because I don't think there's any point in which we're objectively 100% all the time loving ourselves. But what does that journey of self-love look like for you? Has there been challenges in it? Tell us a little bit about that. It's a challenge almost every moment with my programming and growing up so over masculinized in my, in my essence, in my being, in my doing, and that combined with the people pleasing, you know, it was always externally focused mm. and, you know, wanting to, because of lack of self-love, we, we look for external validation to get it outside because we don't have it inside already, you know? Mm. So I would say now the automatic answer comes to me is to think about your why behind doing things, but that doesn't sound like it's an Amy answer. It sounds like it's something I was, you know, Simon <laughs> taught me, you know, what's your why? you know, but it's true though. <laughs> I, yeah, it's definitely true. It come, probably comes down to that, but mm. in my own application, you know, it's funny you said that because, because of the, the pandemic, I have taught fitness classes since 1988. It was, mm the start of my, I was doing the aerobics instructor before I was the trainer, before all the other stuff. It was like that order. It's been a big part of my identity to teach live yoga, fitness, health, dance, whatever classes. Right. And then with the pandemic and, I, and then I had my club, of course, I was doing it. And then that closed. And then I went to online and now I am still doing it online, but 
I haven't taught an in-person class, Ryan, for years now. And there's a part of my soul that's died and dying. And what I'm struggling with now is that my personal, as a professional fitness person, motivation to work out is struggling. Like, mm -hmm. because I, that big part of not only my identity, but my life is just gone. It's just gone. So I'm getting to your answer. What I'm, what I'm saying is, is I've had to now really come face to face with the workout thing. And because now my body, you know, everyone's getting older, right? But my body's also changing and, you know, we don't, we don't move, we don't feel good and all the things that are required or, or, move, or activity does for our mind, body, spirit. Our bodies are made to move. Everything in your body works better by movement, right? Mm. So the struggle with being motivated to work out is what I'm getting at. So what I've come to find is that now I'm working out for myself, probably for the first time ever, because if I'm not doing it, because there's no one there to, oh, they're expecting me to be there at nine o'clock class. I got to be there or I got to teach online because there's a class today. I'll just feel like, you know what? I just need, I need some fun today. I need to get out of my head today. I need to not work. So I'm going to yes. put on some music and put on my sneakers and just whatever, you know, make up my choreography. And, and the, the beautiful thing out of that pain and that all that issue that went along with that was, I think what it's doing is it's teaching me to love myself, to give that to myself, the workout that no one's ever going to see that's not helping anybody else. You know, this is a brand new thing for me. So this is a very fresh wound in mm. this example that, uh, that I'm, that I'm now doing like, it's, it's not, not for other people right now. And, and that's part of my loving myself is giving myself yes. that, that space, that fun, that freedom, that joy and feeling good the rest of the day. Cause you know how it is if you don't work out for a couple of days, that would be one. And I'd also add, you know, giving ourselves permission is huge for women. I don't know about men. I'd like, you know, love for you to speak to that, mm. but you know, we should all over ourselves, you know, that right. And women yes. always come last and the mother's sacrifice for the children. The martyr. Yeah. I, Oh, I had did the martyr archetype too. I think I've done every <laughs> archetype at some point. <laughs> you so tried them all on for size. Oh, pretty much, you know, <laughs> and you know that, well, Young says they're in all of us anyway. So yes. it's at one point in our life, we're going to embody each one. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully you don't hang out in the ones that are not fun for long, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but definitely I still struggle with that. Ryan workaholism is a big addiction for me that I, you know, just earning, earning the ability to do my self-love. That's a yes. problem. You know, like I now have earned the right to stop work and take a walk and smell the flowers and take a bath. And, you know, like we all still struggle with that, but that's, but I'm getting a lot better to answer your question. I'm getting a lot better because um, I'm not overbooking myself as much as I used to. That's an act of self-love. I am taking walks without my phone. That's an act of self-love. I now, when the weather allows, will eat my lunch outside without any technology in the sun with my dog. That's an act of self-love. So self-love can be so many different things. It's just whatever is your way of nurturing yourself and giving to yourself that no one else might ever benefit from. But the irony is, of course, everyone's going to benefit from that. Because you're going to be so much more grounded, happy, fulfilled, and less resentful that you're doing shit for everybody else and nobody appreciates it. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? 
It's so true. You know, you hit on so many amazing things in there. You know, the first thing I'll tackle is the workout thing. And this has been, you know, big for me as well, where, of course, I love exercising. I love it. And one of the things that is kind of the opposite for me is I've never gone to a gym. Like I've, I've been to a gym probably in my life as many times like I count on this one hand. Like I've been to Planet Fitness once with Rachel. I've been to Lifetime, I think twice out in California. And and I guess actually I would say that I have been to a gym because I've been doing Muay Thai since September. So I go to a gym for that. But it's funny because I've worked out outside in the winter, like trying to max rep deadlifts in like nine degree weather and just crazy shit. And this year I realized to being self-love, right? That like, hey, I actually think I want to start going to a gym. And I never wanted to go to a gym because I never wanted, like, it's just kind of weird. I, you know, there's other people there and things like that. But I started realizing like, hey, this whole like working out nine degree, nine degree weather thing in the winter is brutal. And, you know, like I might've done it during the pandemic because I had no other option. And I started training with a trainer and we couldn't do it inside because we were doing overhead stuff. So I did it outside, but I'm like, that is something I don't want to do anymore. And that was a big step for me because the version of me that has been me up until this point is like, do hard things all the time, constantly be, you know, testing yourself and yada, yada. And I started realizing my feminine energy kicked more in and I'm like, you know, I'm going to be working out for the rest of my life, six days a week. Like I love exercise, but I want to keep it fun for myself. So if working out in nine degree weather is no longer fun, I don't want to keep doing it. And I have this whole ethos to life, which is just follow the fun. When people ask me, what is your advice for life? I just say, follow whatever's fun for you. And I also add in that, like, there is a little bit of time where you must get clear with yourself and do a little bit of inner exploration as to what is actually fun for you. Because I yeah. said this on a podcast last week, and I said, yeah. well, make sure that you understand what true fun is, because for some people, they could think that, you know, going out and doing cocaine or whatever is fun. And so you do have to, like, have a little bit of time to figure out what is actually fun for you. But once you figure that out, follow that against all logic, because if you're really having fun, that is attractive to other people, right? Attractive to, you know, people that want to work with you, people that want to hire you to, to work with them, you know, et cetera. You know, these things are really powerful. And it gets me to this concept of something that, you know, you talked about the permission slip. And I think this is so beautiful because it's part of what we do in Connect with Cannabis. One of our modules, it's called the Relaxing with Cannabis module, is we talk about how this is the module that's going to make the most quote unquote logical sense to most people because most people have experienced relaxation with cannabis, but also sometimes people don't. So what's the missing step here? So what we have people do is drop in with cannabis, meditate for five or 10 minutes and like leave judgment behind. And we do this through a series of breath work and whatnot. And then we have them figure out what type of relaxation is calling them. We have them look at it objectively without their subjective look on what this means. So what I mean by that is Maybe someone's version of relaxing is like they've been working really hard and they want to relax with some video games at the end of the night. But maybe this is like my example, but maybe they're judging themselves because they're like, no, I need to be watching Gaia. I need to be learning constantly. I can't turn off. Right. And so being able to figure out what relaxation is calling you and then write yourself a permission slip for it and hang it right where you're in your workspace so that it says like I, Ryan Sprague at 3 p.m. each day, give myself permission to go on a walk for an hour. Right. Or any of these things. And that way you're starting to give yourself these permission slips because it is really powerful and potent for people like you and I, and I imagine many people listening to both of our shows that are really in the workaholic type archetype. And, you know, I think I might've said this on your show too, but the challenge is that like, it's much easier to tell someone who's doing something they don't like to do, but like, Hey, you're a workaholic, right? They're coming home every night, stressed out. They're like, Oh my God, I hate my job. And you're like, well, why are you working 80 hour weeks then? Right? So it's easier for them to kind of realize like, yeah, maybe there's a problem here. 
But what about the people that are loving what they do so much that it becomes their whole life and work and play is kind of, you know, put together because what we love to do is also what we do for business and also what we do for playing. And so what I've really got into is this whole idea of play in our lives, right? And you were speaking to it with going on walks, you know, being able to connect with your inner child, being able to connect with this, this play within us that allows us to actually get more done because it fills our cup up. And so I'm curious for you, like, what role has play played in your life for you? Like, like the idea of, you know, throwing all your structure to the wind, being spontaneous, you know, getting curious, going on vacations, or even like, you know, work trips to new places alone, any of that kind of stuff. What has play done for you in your life? Play is a huge part of my archetype. In fact, I've always, you know, I also have a young energy about me. I mean, for that matter, I mean, people usually don't ever guess my age properly chronologically. And I, I have that's, I've been very blessed that I have that essence about me. Trust me, I can be a total head case for sure. <laughs> but um, just ask some of my exes probably, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but I've always been the one that wants to like play and have fun and bring the fun. Like that's, you know, got me into the fitness thing. I want to bring the party. I want to get everybody going, you know. Now, that being said, I'm also kind of very shy too. It's a weird juxtaposition but um i have the same thing actually which yeah is funny. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm always down like if you want to play like you okay or even like that's one of the things i hate about being an adult is like you go to a party right and you know like say a kid's birthday party all the kids are playing over there and the only adults are sitting eating drinking whatever sitting and i'm like i want to put like let's get a game of dodgeball going let's or at the beach i can't be at the beach and sit more than 20 minutes i have to kind of I mean, unless I'm exhausted, but you know what I mean? Like I am always down to play. Like let's, let's, you know, engage, let's play Scrabble. I don't care. I love games. You know, I'm it's so, just it's, like me. Yeah. yeah. Like I literally, so my um, coach Angelo got me back into playing Uno. And so now I bring Uno everywhere uh, oh, when cool. I go to trips or anything. And then <laughs> my other idea. favorite one that mm. you got to come down and play with Eddie and I is Can Jam. Have you ever played Can Jam before? Never even heard of it. How oh about 45s? God. It's so, I've never played 45s. What? So you're we got to trade. Oh, you're not from there. Yeah. Okay. I bet Eddie never, knows 45s. It's, it's so funny because, you know, what I've realized about play is that just like you were saying, and this is why I wanted to hop in and say this real quick, because I'm like, you're yeah, literally please. speaking my language right. where it's like, you know, what we talk about in the last module will connect with cannabis because we have a whole play thing in there is how like play is so important for human beings, but we, a lot of us forget it as adults. Right. And we end up thinking like, Oh, that bouncy house over there is for the kids. You know, we won't go in, in it. it. And I'm like, I'm, in I'm it hopping in that thing. Uh, me and doing too. Backflips. Yep. <laughs> you know 100%, what I mean? Ryan, 100%. I'm like, can I fit in that? Okay. A minute. <laughs> yes. For sure. Like wh why did that happen? That's like one of the saddest things I think culturally about quote unquote getting older is, you know, I being know. an adult being appropriate. I read somewhere a quote, there's more adult in the child than there is child in the adult. And that's a, that's a problem. You know, that yes. that's, you know, we, this whole inner child movement, thank God it's coming back, you know, and I think a lot of the ability Ryan to play is you have to have the self-esteem to allow yourself to play sometimes in front of, because you, you know, you're going against cultural norms, like adults mm -hmm. don't do that, or you might look silly or whatever, but who freaking cares, right? So I will add to people though, in addition to looking for official play things like the games that we're saying, that for me, you know, a big part of me living the play mindset, it's a mindset, it's an, it's an essence, 
is just remembering to bring the levity, remembering to bring the fun. You know, you could be doing grinding something, you're doing the laundry, you know, you're doing whatever. whatever just pick your annoying, you know, thing, right? <laughs> and it's like just to, and Paul, back to Paul, Paul's a great example of that, you know, like, He'll be so stressed out. He's got a zillion projects, phone blowing up, all this stuff's happening. The kids crying, the wife's yelling at him, whatever. And he'll start <laughs> singing. You know, he'll just start just, you know, it's like you got to bring that levity and just remember because you got to do it anyway. So you might as well make it somewhat enjoyable. So what I've started to do is like, I'll just sneak in little crazy weird things where I'll just jump up and be like, woohoo, like a kid. Like, <laughs> What are you doing? Like my dog like wakes up like, oh my God, she's having a conniption. Like just <laughs> random, you know, or I'll just start to sing. And then I make up words and I make up songs and I'll just, I'll be walking my dog and all of a sudden I'll do like a little dance step and like a car will like, you know, hit a tree. Like, oh my God, what happened to that woman? You know, <laughs> like, but it's just something I'm doing to myself to just let my inner kid, because that's the thing about children is they're spontaneous, right? Yes. They say what they feel. They, if they want something they let you know if they're tired they go to bed you know whatever let yourself be so spontaneity is a big part of that child playful energy which is critical to stay young in mind body and spirit right so often you know aging is like a cultural thing i did a show on that with dr mario martinez which was mm -hmm. fascinating how you know different cultures quote unquote age differently based on the cultural norms and expectations so I don't know about you, but I have no problem getting older. I just want to enjoy my life and play as a, as a levity energy. It's an energy to me. It's an essence as well as a mindset. 100%. It is an energy, right? You said it perfectly. And I think that, you know, it's like the old uh, quote that I think uh, Peter Pan said, which is, you know, growing old may be mandatory, but growing up is optional, right? I love and it. The, and the idea that if you understand and recognize and choose to believe, right, in your own sovereign experience of life, that our innate nature is infinite and that we can never be born, we can never die, right? We're just transitioning from one realm to the other. And our who we are continues uh, on past this, past this life, then in reality, yeah, like our exoskeleton, if you will, might be getting a little bit older. But even that, you know, I was watching this show on Gaia called Galactic Messages, which is a fantastic show if you just want to dive down a rabbit hole and go deep. It's this channeled depiction or a translation from this interstellar race called the Tigetans. And they're telling uh, the woman who hosts the show about life, right? And they're saying that there's an episode about the matrix, right? And they keep asking, they say the matrix is a big term these days, right? Oh, we're in the matrix or any of these things. But what does it really mean? Well, if you think about it, like how in a video game, you might not be able to go past a certain point. There's like a force field there. So what is that? It's rules to the game. So the matrix is basically just a, a name used to distinguish that there's rules to this game that we all fit in, right? Gravity, things like that. But at the end of the day, there's a lot that is actually not a law, but it's been taught as if it's a law. And so one of them is aging, right? And they did this experiment in the 90s where they took these 80 something year olds that were in, you know, varying different conditions of health, some with canes, some with arthritis, you know, all the different types of things. And they put them into this replica town that was set in like 1958 or something like that so the cars the tvs all the furniture everything the food everything like when they went to the store everything was centered as if it was 1958 and what they started noticing was these people started de-aging 
they stopped using their canes. They started dancing again. They started, you know, sitting on the floor, crisscross applesauce like they would when they were kids, right? They started noticing that like, oh, wow, if we replicate the time period in which these people were children, they start acting younger. Their body starts changing. They stop having arthritis. They stop having these things. And so what is that? really bring up. It brings up that everything is a belief system, right? Even the fact that as we wake up more days on this planet, our body must start looking older and feeling older. That is not actually in the matrix. Like that is something that's in the collective unconscious that we have chose to believe, but it's not necessarily true objectively. And so I love getting into this stuff because it's so fascinating. And it really allows me to recognize that at any point in time, we can choose to start believing different things about our lives. And we can then have our experience of life change as a result. And, you know, one of the things that I love that you do that helps people connect with people that are like-minded is your women's circles. I'd love if you could talk about that because, you know, this is something that I feel in today's age with, you know, an epidemic of loneliness going on, which is really just an inability to connect deeply that most people have. I think it's so powerful for people to go and be able to surround themselves with people like yourself that have such an immense amount of knowledge and are also saying, hey, I'm right there with you. I experience these things too. I'm no different, right? I've just Mm -hmm. experienced it more so I can talk about how it's not an end-all be-all. I love, you know, these kind of things. And it's one of the biggest passions that I have in life too is connection and collaboration. And so I'm curious how you got into those and what your favorite thing about hosting those circles is. Okay, great. And I'm going to answer that, but I just want to go back on what you said because you referred to Ellen Langer's study, Counterclockwise. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which I know very well because it was a landmark study. And just for the audience, I mean, all the biological markers in the in the in the participants were were improved. I mean, they're they literally de-aged. And because, you know, and they can people can look into uh, the biology of belief work with Yep. And it's, it's just so true that, and Dr. Mario Martinez, again, he was on my show. I was really blessed mm. that he said yes, to check that out. Uh, because it's just, it's just cross-culturally without a doubt, hands down that your expectations determine your reality. And that is why Ryan, we have to be very astute and picky about who we expose ourselves to not only what, but who, because mm-hmm. Attitudes, expectations, cultural norms are all shared experiences and they're insinuous. They're, they're pervasive. Like you might not even be consciously aware, but this is already happening. Look at your driver's license. It has your age on it. Right. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. It's so part of like our lexicon. We're not even aware of the ageism going on, you know? So, but they're extremely powerful. And that's why every, since I can remember, I've said things like, uh, you know, I'm expecting to get better as I advance in years, not, not decrepit, not loss of hearing, not weaker, not, you know, fatter, not whatever, more invisible, less attractive, whatever. I mean, I'm, and I, and in some ways I most definitely have improved Mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful that I've lived to this point too, because I'm such a better person than I used to be. And I'm definitely more (laughs) who who I really am supposed to be, you know? So we have to be very selective as to what we expect is normal. Because like I say all the time, it might be typical, but it doesn't mean it's normal. Yes. And there's a big difference. Yes. So be careful what you expose yourself to. And like you said, Ryan, find the people that inspire you and are walking the talk. 
that, you know, you've got to always consider the source of any information you get, whether it be a doctor telling you, you got to go on a statin and look at, look at the doctor, how healthy are they? I mean, uh-huh. they the epitome of health that you want to emulate, you know, so always consider the source, but the same thing goes for people that are proving it can be done because there's plenty of them out there. You know, the centenarians and, you know, like Dr. Martinez says on my show, there's one that, you know, smokes one cigar every night. He doesn't have two. He has one because two would be like Paul and his espresso, right? One yes. a day doesn't have two. You know, so that's our self-knowledge, right? Knowing what it is that gives you joy, that gives you a reason to want to keep living, right? You got to want to enjoy your life. You know? <laughs> yes. So, um, Anyway, I just, I know I kind of subverted there. No, that's, I think that's a very important topic that you brought up. 100%. And, you know, uh, it's very funny because I use the, it might be common, but it's not normal thing a lot. So I love mm-hmm. that you use a very similar version, typical, but not common. I mean, not normal. And one of the best pieces of advice I ever got, you know, when the pandemic started happening and I started noticing that for me, in my own experience of life, certain things were not adding up. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? And of course, I was fortunately around you know, Paul and all of these people that I trust with things uh, like health and obviously uh, connecting deeper to myself and realizing like something feels off in my soul about what's going on here. You know, one of the best pieces of advice I got was, you know, in a world full of censorship, in a world full of, you know, people, you know, renting Lamborghinis and making themselves seem more successful than they are, all this fake stuff going on and all the censorship. The one thing that doesn't lie is results. If you go hang out with someone in person, you'll real quickly see and energy, energy. Yeah, exactly, work. exactly. Mm-hmm. And and I would say they're actually synonymous because the real results of someone is their energy, right? It's not yeah. what material possessions they have. It's not any of this stuff. It is like legitimately what their energy is. I started using that. And so I would hang around like as a curiosity or not even hang around. I would go to, let's say, stop and shop or, you know, somewhere like that where it's, it's the normal world, right? And I, you know, we live in a bubble for most people listening to both these shows where we surround ourselves with like-minded individuals that are into health and whatnot. So sometimes it's nice going into the belly of the beast and going around and saying, what are other people thinking right now? And I had people trying to tell me things that were very contradictory to what I chose to believe. And then I'm looking at them and they're terrified and no judgment, but they're not eating well. They're not sleeping well. They're taking all these different pharmaceuticals. And again, no judgment, but I'm like, you know, as a curious observer, I look at that and go, so you're telling me to believe this but I'm, you're not getting the results I want in life. So therefore, I'm not going to listen to you because at the end of the day, the only thing that doesn't lie is results, is energy. And so when I'm hanging out with Paul or I'm hanging out with you or I'm hanging out with Eddie Madden, right? Or any of my close buddies or Rachel, you know, like I know that I'm going to trust those people. I'm still going to get curious and think about what they say and apply it to my own life and see if it works. But I know that those people are going to be stating things directly from their heart. And they're going to be saying, this is what I choose to believe. Do your own research, right? They're not trying to tell me what to believe, but they're just, you know, their energy is exactly what I'm looking to embody in life. And so I think that that's a really good filter for anyone listening to be able to go through life with, right? That, you know, when you hang around people, just ask yourself, like, what is this person saying? And what results do they have? And do I want those results in my life? And if not, I'm not going to listen to them. Not because they're not a good person or I might still love them in other ways, but they're not on the same mission I am, right? doesn't mean my mission's better and theirs is worse. just means different missions and different missions, different strokes, different folks, you know? And I'll, I'll add to that, Ryan, that what I've learned too is I've gotten older and have awakened my Aphrodite and balanced mm. more of my feminine that I will add, and well, how does this person feel? Mm. How does this person feel? 
take it out of your head and drop down into your body when you're around them or even through Zoom. Like you just, you've got to feel into things because that's that whole other realm that we alluded to earlier that we're not cognizant of in our modern culture. We don't mm. live in that body. And if we do live in feelings, we emote inappropriately. You know, yes. we like, you know, <laughs> lash out because we're out of control or whatever, because that's that's actually a lack of feeling. That's if you lived more in your body, you wouldn't explode like that, you know, because it wouldn't build up like that. Yes. But but that's a big thing that I've started to emulate is the embodiment piece that I got some of that through my um, nonlinear movement method training mm. and just different things, you know, just feeling more looking for my house like I, yeah uh, when i go into a showing i'll read the spec sheet of all okay it has you know so much square footage and this much yardage and whatever but then one of the things paul said is make sure to just feel how the house feels to you mm -hmm. and that was you know again sage advice that changed my life like oh yeah we live in our heads we unfortunately have to train ourselves to feel and drop down into the body for answers. We're always thinking, articulating, intellectualizing an answer, right? But sometimes you got to feel and then trust the answer and then have the courage to follow the answer. That's another piece, Ryan, that I've found that a lot of people, it, they don't go into their intuition. And if they do, they say, well, I don't want to because I'm afraid of what's going to tell me the truth. Or you should leave <laughs> yes. the job or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you got to have the courage. And that goes back to your original point in the beginning of the show about pain. You know, and I always say, you know, there's two types of pains, the pain of doing or not doing. Pick your pain, you mm -hmm. know, so you're going to be in pain anyway. You know, pain of regret or the, or the pain of, you know, failure or at least I tried and I knew it wasn't for me or, you know, so it's life is interesting. You know, it's always, it's, it's a journey. It's definitely something. And like I said, I'm just, I'm grateful that I've lived to kind of be more balanced in than, than what I used to be. And I, and I can, I can confidently say I'm better now at this age chronologically than I was in many ways in my twenties for sure. Absolutely. And for anyone who can't see the video to this, Amy is absolutely crushing it for her age. Like, absolutely. Aww, like, I mean, you, right? <laughs> you are 100% a living embodiment, right, to use that word of what we've been speaking about with regards to aging and all of these things that, yeah, we might have woken up more days on the planet, but that does not necessarily mean we need to look like we've woken up more days on the planet, that we need to act like we've woken up more days on the planet. You know, all of that is just a belief system. And what a great opportunity for you to speak about these things because you literally embody them, right? So, it's, and if it's I didn't amazing. work so much, I would probably look twelve. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, well, and and you know, to your point though, you know, there's certainly we could talk about that another time. Is you know, there's things I've had to you know warm up longer and all these things. It's you know, we're all human, right? But there's it. The good news is, folks, it's a lot more controllable than you think. Yes. It's not destiny. It's not genetics. And like we said, expectations, cultural norms, find the people that are the living examples, you know, like Ryan is saying, and, and feel into their energy. And, you know, do, do in the Native American medicine, they say, you know, do your does your head, your heart, your feet line up in the same place? Because that's somebody who's who's coherent. You know, they're aligned in mind, body and spirit. They're all in the same place, which also comes back to being present in your body yes so you're not you know future casting or lamenting <laughs> the past or any of that stuff but hey just to circle back real quick because i know we're getting at the end here but um 
the women's circle. Yeah. It's been an amazing experience. Uh, like so many, you know, like you, I mean, I've been the hermit archetype and there's just, I've been so fortunate to even just, we keep saying to Paul, you know, being exposed to Paul and all his teachings. I feel the heavy weight of the, of the, of the hermit that you got to come down from the mountain because you have to share it. You, I yes. mean, it'd be a crime for me to die tomorrow. Like when I hit turbulence on the plane, I don't usually wear it. Cause I'm like, I don't think great spirits can take me yet. Yeah. I haven't shared enough <laughs> stuff and my yes. own stuff, you know, like the stuff that I've added to it, you know, and that's, that's the true mark of an adult is you can take to your point earlier, you can take the, the wisdom of someone who's walking the walk, but then apply it to yourself and then make it your own. That's called creativity. That's co-creation, right? Yeah. You, you take it and then you, add your special sauce and that becomes something totally new. Yes. You don't just just copy, right? That's how creation evolution happens. It keeps going forward because it keeps getting added to and added to and expanded on. And that's, that's true art. So for me, right. So the woman's circle is just an outlet for me to try to share so many of the beautiful things I've learned, help people be, seen, valued, connected, supported. It's just another outlet. It's right now it's free. I am going to be putting together a woman's online course. And then when I have my healing ranch someday, I'll be doing retreats. And hopefully your girl, Rachel and I will be collaborating to do in-person events for women as well. Yes. Oh, she's been so excited about that. And I knew connecting you guys like you know, as a projector in human design, my favorite thing is connection. And recently Mm -hmm. through Paul, I met my buddy Shaker and this guy, I've never met someone who like, when he started doing this for me, like connecting me to everyone, I realized like, wow, this is amazing, first of all. And second of all, I'm like, wow, I've never met someone who's this jazzed up about just connecting. Like, it's almost like a drug, right? Where like, I just love connecting people to people and being like, you need to know this person. You also need to do this person, yeah, this person. Do. And mm-hmm. it's it's been so amazing because, you know, getting to meet other people, you know, like yourself, like Shaker that love connection and all of these things. It's you know, I really think connection is a universal thing amongst humans and the way in which we do it can be, you know, more subjective, but the wanting to connect is so powerful. And I think that having in-person events, right. And that's what I love what Rachel does and what you're planning to do too. It's, you know, it really makes so much sense because, you know, at the end of the day, what I've realized and one of the gifts the pandemic gave me was before that, you know, I was going out to a lot of shows and going to clubs and all these things. And it wasn't inherently a bad thing, but I was just realizing that when the pandemic happened, I realized, oh, I don't actually need to go to any of those events to connect deeply. And in a lot of those events, you know, no judgment, but I felt a lot of darkness in there because yeah. people are doing their own things. They're drinking, they're doing hard drugs, they're doing things like that. And I would always feel pretty uncomfortable in there, which is why I would usually try to have a couple of drinks and alcohol just never agreed with me and these kind of things. And so it was a big opportunity for me to start living more in alignment with who and what I truly am. And as I started doing that, a lot of the places I used to hang out and do these things fell away. And now what I do is I literally spend time with my closest, closest friends. I go out to Paul's workshops. You know, I go down to Virginia for any lifted, uh, you know, get togethers and it's just so much fun. And so, you know, for everyone listening, what Amy and I are talking about is, is a journey. Don't think that it's done in one day. But at the same time, if you can make one small change every day, as small as getting up 10 minutes earlier, as small as taking a walk in the morning, right? Things like this. If you can make one of those changes every day, you will be a whole new person two times over in one year. I mean, I would say in six months even, you know, and so take them uh, one step at a time. Rome wasn't building the day, but also realize that if you can connect to your 
10-year vision, right? Your five-year vision, your one-year vision, and then break it down into individual small little tasks you can do each day, you will see your life transform. And, you know, it's almost like how, you know, sculptures, they aren't made, you know, uh, in 10 minutes, they take a little bit of time. And depending on the complicatedness, if you will, or the uniqueness of the sculpture, it's going to take more and more time. But at the end of the day, it's those little tiny changes each day that end up creating a masterpiece out of our lives. And so I love that. So beautiful. (laughs) Well, the thing is, everything you said is so brilliant because it's, it's the moments that make our lives, you know, it's like the days add up that this is your life. Your life mm-hmm. is now like, like Michael Jackson said, this is it, you know, yes. and there's something Robert Holden talks about called destination addiction. Hello. I think they had a picture of me in the book. It was me <laughs> like always forecasting. Like It's going to be great when this happens. Yes. You know, when I have my club, when I have my new house, even now with the house, right. That we get, we get, like it's not like a more, more, more. Cause I I've never been a materialistic person ever. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've been fortunate not to have that mm-hmm. on my list of yeah. things I got to deal with. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, but we, you know, I think in, in people who are ambitious and go-getters and, you know, high energy and, you know, achievers, like we are, you know, we always kind of like on to the next thing, you know, like, okay, yes. cool. Let's end a lot of energy. <laughs> That can be good. And, you know, they say the flip side of every good is the bad, right? There's that great polarity, right? So just being aware that now is it. I know it's beaten to death, the idea, but really just to wrap your brain around, Ryan, Mm -hmm. right now, this is it. Like Mm -hmm. how you are feeling right now is your life. Are you even here with us listening, watching? right now or are you looking at the cars as you're driving or running or you know or you know ryan's thinking about his next guest or amy's thinking my dog needs to go out or you know are you right here are your feet your heart and your spirit lined up in this place right now because that's really where your power is and that's where your joy is going to be because those moments they just fly right and the next thing you know weeks turn into months turn to years and you look back on your life and say where did the last year go? It's Christmas already. Like yeah. <laughs> what, where's time going? And the older you get, the faster it goes. And we actually just talked about that in one of my women's circles that I said, and you looked at pictures of yourself 10, 20 years ago and be like, wow, I actually look really good. And, but at the time <laughs> you were thinking, Oh my, I got a pimple or I look, my butt looks big or whatever. Right. <laughs> and little did you know, cause like, but the time you're in right now, one day you're going to look back if you're blessed to have a long life and think, wow, look at me. Look how much I did. Look, look at my energy. Look how good my skin is like, right. Cause right now is the best time of your life and just live it, embody it a hundred percent. If we can leave anybody, I would leave people with that idea of just be a hundred percent where you are right now and watch the quality of your life and your happiness, your sense of ease and fulfillment improve. I love that. It lines perfectly up with something I've been getting into lately because, of course, I've been starting to notice that what society does a lot is they paint the result as the problem. So with the loneliness, they're like, loneliness is the problem. It's like, nope, the problem is inability to connect, right? And then when it comes to, oh, cell phones are so addicting, right? Social media is so addicting. I go, is it really that it's addicting or is really that people are just looking for enjoyment? And if they find enjoyment somewhere else, they naturally won't look at their phone. Because a perfect example, if I'm here and I'm moving through some stuff that maybe, you know, is not exactly grabbing my attention, 
I'll be on my phone looking at stuff. But then this past weekend, we went to the beach, me, uh, Rachel, Eddie, and Shira, uh, Eddie's partner. And literally, I put my phone down, didn't even think about it for seven hours. We were playing can jam. You didn't didn't have an unmet need. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I say for everyone. Like, hey, instead of trying to focus on the result and try to fix that as if that's the problem, right? Start looking at like, well, why am I looking at my phone so much? Is it because I'm not fulfilled in life? Is it because I'm working a shitty job, right? Like, it's the same thing as like, you know, if, yeah, it's, it's so powerful because, you know, when we start looking at those things, we actually go, oh, the problem is actually uh, a great opportunity right now. It's not like, oh, I'm addicted to this phone and I must have to stop looking at the phone so much. And all these things that make our life feel pressure, you know, full versus being able to go, okay, I'm noticing I'm looking at my phone more and I'm noticing that I'm doing it when maybe I'm hanging out with these friends or watching these kind of things or in school for this or et cetera and go, okay, well, let me go experiment and try to find things that all of a sudden it just isn't a problem. My phone just doesn't exist. And I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to work my way out of that quote unquote addiction. And I think that's a big thing. People say a lot that they're bored, right? Is it that they're bored or that they're lacking enjoyment, right? It's like all of these kind of things when you start looking at like, what is the real issue going on here? And that issue is actually a great sign, right? Because now I know if I look at my phone, I'm actually like, wow, thank you phone for showing me that I must be bored right now, right? Or must not be finding enjoyment or must not be finding fulfillment or any of these things. And so I love that. It's so powerful. Amy, this has been an amazing episode. I can't wait to dive in with round two on you. And I'm so pumped to allow everyone to know where to find you, where to connect with you. If you have any upcoming events or circles or anything going on, please drop that. Of course, we'll put it in the show notes. But where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? Thank you, Ryan. I agree so much. You and I could just rift for hours and hours. And (laughs) I I, I feel multiple, multiple shows coming up in the future. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much. This has been great. Um, Okay. So, well, my podcast is my main gig right now, which is just Awakening Aphrodite. And my website is my name, which is amyfournier.com. And that's Fournier, like the number four, F as in Fox, O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. And Instagram is fitamytv. YouTube is also Awakening Aphrodite, Fit Amy TV. And then, of course, Facebook, which Facebook's my name, Amy Fournier. But I just want to add real quick, please don't message me through social media because I'm not there. Okay. I, <laughs> I rarely, and this isn't to you, Ryan. I, know you <laughs> I mean, just to the audience, because, or if you want to do it, don't get offended if I don't answer you for like a week or something, because I'm very rare, rarely there. I don't. You're enjoying work. your life instead. <laughs> well, or working or whatever. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I just, I'm very, very rarely there. So the best way is actually email me. You can join my email list. I do a weekly newsletter where I share things that I enjoy or help me or cool sayings or whatever, really cool shows. So I have an email list. And then the woman's circle is free. You can get that on my website too. But always something fun. And then someday soon when I have my ranch, we will do in-person retreats. And I'd love to have everybody there. And Ryan, you most definitely will be a speaker. That's for sure. Yes, I can't <laughs> wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> me too. I can't wait. Trust me. Yeah. You've been waiting a while to find this property. So uh, I know when you find it, it's going to be it's magical. Coming. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and that's part of why I'm holding out. Because I don't, I, you know, that's nothing, Ryan. You, when you get to be my age with enough mistakes, you don't want to compromise anymore. Yes. You don't want to, you know, I'm not compromised. I mean, I'm not being unrealistic. Trust me. I'm not like, it has to be perfect. It <laughs> no, but there's certain criteria, my values that I need to have it have this, 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 at least the other things I can be flexible. It's like a relationship, right? It has to have the, the deal breakers. And then like the things you absolutely have to have, yes. you know, so you can't compromise. Cause I know 
I've done, I've compromised enough and I know that doesn't work. So now I'm trying the other way. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thanks, <laughs> I love that. Of course. And I have one last question for you, Amy. And that question is this, if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Amy Fournier suggest that change be? Wow. Oh, I only get one. Only get one. You can be a rule breaker if you want to do two. I'm not a rules guy, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, Louise Hayes' work of mirror work. Once a day in the morning, look yourself in the mirror, get up really close and look in your own eyes and tell yourself from your heart that you love yourself. Say, I love mm-hmm. you. And keep the eye contact. Don't break the eye contact because what people will find is that if it's not true, you can't, you can't keep contact with your eyes. Your eyes will avert and you'll feel stupid or you you literally won't be able to do it. And the funny thing is, is just by doing it cultivates it more. Mm. And uh, because ultimately that's what it all comes back to, right? Is that self-love, the ability to give ourselves what we need. I love that you say, you know, the cheerleader thing. I say it all the time. We have to be our own cheerleader. We have to reparent ourselves. We have to be responsible and meet our own needs and not look outside ourselves and take our sovereignty back because that's power, right? When yes. you feel like, okay, oh, yes, connection, everything you said, critical, or it's in our DNA. We're required to be connected, you know, just to survive. But we have to love ourselves. And that's a that's a simple way to do it. It doesn't cost anything either other than maybe a $2 mirror at CVS. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And you know, it's funny. I often say with psychedelics, you know, be careful of bathrooms because you'll get stuck in there forever because I just stare at myself for hours. That's the rule, Ryan. You're not supposed to look at yourself. Oh, my God. I don't know how you do that. That's a scary, scary thing. I know. Especially when you start asking yourself, like, who are you? Right. And then, like, you start giggling and you're like, no, seriously, who are you? Right. (laughs) Like I've lost hours doing that. So for anyone listening, do it sober first before you get into other states. <laughs> do oh my it. God, Ryan, you're braver than me because I'll never forget. <laughs> I went to the bathroom the first time I did mushrooms, and um, then I went to the bathroom. And I literally was like, "Oh, look at the yeah. mirror!" Like just <laughs> almost fell over. Like, oh, and then I, the rest of the day I was like, "Keep me away from mirrors." I was like a vampire, you know. <laughs> yes, <it's> too <laughs> funny. Was pretty freaking scary. <laughs> oh God. Okay, guys. As soon as I met Amy for the first time through Mr. Paul Check, I was drawn in by her zest for life, her big heart, and her perseverance in becoming the best version of herself possible. Amy is a true testament to what can happen when we learn to enjoy the process of life more than the destination, as this notion allows us to feel whole even before we reach our goals, and as such, our goals and subsequent dreams are able to manifest quicker and we are able to love each moment of our lives rather than just our wins and moments in which our goals are achieved. For anyone listening who is drawn in by Amy, her incredible journey, and the important work she does in the world, make sure to check out the show notes for all the ways you can get in touch with her and benefit from the vast amount of knowledge and wisdom she has surrounding the topics of holistic health, fitness, podcasting, and much, much more. Amy, thank you so much for stopping by to hang the listeners and me on the show today, for living your life heart forward, and for being an inspiration in my life to continue striving to become the best version of myself possible. And until next time, my friend, journey well, be well, and much love over to you. Namaste. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. 
And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier, and I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at fitamytv, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also fitamytv. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.